people use the XM4. Yeah, it might and be XM5. good to, Yeah, good to use a, a multitude of headphones when you're recording podcasts or listening to music or just watching anime. Yeah, I mean it's a luxury for sure. Do you, listen, do you listen to music when you uh, read manga actually, or do you like just full like zone in, nothing else, just whatever's in your hand, whether it's like the the manga itself, like book form, or if you're watching, if you're reading on your iPad. Uh, so what I do with the iPad Mini is even worse, which is I would have a YouTube video, but usually I would minimize it because my mom wanted YouTube Premium, so I bought it for her and obviously shared it with the. So family. you have like you have like the in display, uh, correct YouTube, whilst you have your manga panels like in the background. Well, the, well I mean, in the, in the sense that like you have a floating little YouTube video player yeah but the, the majority of it is the manga itself like 90 percent, especially because the screen the youtube like window you can like minimize it so it's like the smallest version yeah so, i usually i usually have something playing in the background but like more often than not it's like just like a random youtube clip maybe a podcast like the gap <laughs> you, yeah either that or like vods right as in like a streamer archived kind of thing uh, so, what's yeah. up, guys? It has been over a minute, but uh, welcome back. This is Bits and Pieces. Yeah, so um, I think we did one not too long ago regarding, uh, well, the, the the previous one was regarding sort of like sentimental anime and manga or just series that mean a lot to us, though they may not necessarily be the most popular or the most uh, watched or viewed. And then the one before that was talking about the usage of artificial intelligence, machine learning, deep learning, language modeling uh, in terms of how it could potentially affect the production of anime and manga. Actually, that's uh, BP number 15. BP number 16 is... Yeah, sentimental anime and manga. No, that's BP number 17. BP 16 is about uh, choices for like B-tier and top-tier anime. Uh, How do you go about choosing anime and manga? Correct, yeah. Yeah, And like the lack of time, use of time. We did AI that long ago? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Uh, Very, very popular uh, bits and pieces. Uh, Thanks, guys, for... You know, that's uh, the algorithm working, right? It is. Oh, what, what, what if that's yeah. what they want? By the way, uh, before we actually go into what we want to discuss for today's BP, uh, unfortunately, there is a little bit of handiwork going around uh, in the area. Uh, we are not a full-blown soundproofed studio just yet, um, so you will hear occasional, you know, hammering on nails, maybe a drill bit going every now and then. But uh, we will have to make do. So uh, apologies ahead of time, but uh, you know, the show must still go on. So yeah, I think one thing we've talked about a lot in terms of at least specifically this season uh, was in general sort of like getting an understanding of the anime and manga landscape, you know, things that are doing really well, things are really, really popular, you know, very clearly, we also did uh, a bits and pieces talking about um, decade defining uh, genre defined decades, like what was popular in like the 80s and 90s, and what is you know, our predictions of upcoming genres that could potentially displace, you know, shonen actions, isekais, and whatnot. Uh, to be fair, uh, my decade-defining, like, choices and picks were not necessarily actually based on prediction as much as what I want to 
kind of. I mean, it is grounded in some sort of reasoning. Like, like you, want, you want some more like deeper, thought-provoking seinen's things that kind of push Jose, you know, things yeah. that be able to push beyond like what we currently. Uh, appreciate what is currently popular and that's actually kind of what i wanted to sort of go into for today's discussion in that with the way that people enjoy anime and manga it's very clear that when we just like don't even care about like the top 10 uh, in terms of like raw scores for anime and manga on my anime list um if we look at the popularity right i think it's very clear that stuff like naruto Monogatari, Steins Gate, JoJo, Attack on Titan, Demon Slayer. Like very clearly, the last five years, the big hits in terms of shonen action has always been on everybody's radar. It's very rare that people aren't talking about these series. But one thing that I'm kind of not really annoyed, but like one thing I wish there was a bit of a change is that perhaps there'd be less of a focus on shonen actions and maybe shining a spotlight on lesser known genres or maybe like trying something that's a little bit you know against the grain a little bit not so like following current trends this is i know we've done a um an episode about you know anime originals before but even then i still felt that like a lot of stuff that's come out at least from like an original kind of perspective still was similar to the sort of things that we we, we know and love and one thing that I guess in terms of like the main question I I want to propose to you is do you oh, you're feel, proposing to me now? Well, I mean that that could potentially happen down the road. Who knows? Uh, 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 you know, we're, we're two and a half years in the GAP. Maybe after year three, we'll have to pop that question. But um, you know, back onto like the main problem that yeah, you have sorry, right now is sorry. Uh, do you feel that we're just rehashing shit in terms of just anime and manga now, like? Think about like the, the big hitters of the last five years in terms of Attack on Titan, Demon Slayer, Jujutsu Kaisen, Chainsaw Man, and now, I mean, depending on when this releases, Hell's Paradise. All very popular, all very well-received series, but it's kind of hard to really like discern what like, the major differences are across the series outside of maybe some thematic stuff, sometimes yeah, yeah. character backgrounds. It's still very much, you know, bloody gory violent action-packed or isekais right for yeah. the time being like this past decade obviously yeah, yeah. And, and this is not a slate on you know the general anime and manga populace I, I get of course that if things are popular there must be a reason as to why it's popular it is not just for the sake of being number one or being the the, the, the best selling of whatnot but are we in danger of potentially just diluting the pool and just not really breaking beyond just rehashing the similar kinds of shonen actions, similar kinds of isekais? Or do you think that because of the fact that they are just good, that they are meant to be in the you know in the zeitgeist across every possible creation of anime and manga that? That's just the path that we will naturally go towards, and that anything else is always going to be a struggle to at least try and put it on a similar, if not higher, pedestal than shonen actions, isekais, or what is the 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 most popular current series, and possibly like dictating how the future will look for anime and manga. So I think shonen action will always have the spotlight and the mainstay 
for any given season, almost for the foreseeable future. I think it's mass appeal, especially when produced and done very well, and based off of you know Shonen Jump or other properties that have a lot of hype behind it already, makes it extremely palatable and easily accessible. So it, I think, especially you know, if we go all the way back, a lot of anime and cartoons. Its main purpose is to either a appeal to kids and b merchandising with you know Beyblade, Yu-Gi-Oh, and Pokemon, and so on and so forth. So I think it is unfortunately, or fortunately, or just the way it is, Shonen is always going to be relevant, if not prominent, in any given anime season. Yeah, and I think it also like speaks to it as well in terms of like the biggest sponsors of anime and manga, which are like. Shonen Jump. I mean, the whole Shonen platform literally has half of Shonen Action in its name, right? Then you also have Bandai Namco. You also have a bunch of you know media and gaming companies that usually I mean, appeal what, to. What was the it? Ume Musume? Is it called Psy Games? Games? Yeah, Cy. Cy yeah, yeah, yeah. Games. And Cyber Connect does a lot of the Naruto games, the Naruto fighting games. Sorry about the the nails, the and nail and hammering. Um, so yeah, uh, I I think it is. Almost, I cannot foresee a timeline of future where shonen action is not relevant and not a mainstay. Also, it needs to make money, yeah. right? And if it, I, I would argue that we we obviously do not focus a lot on the more uh, kid ish like Beyblade anime or Yu Gi Oh. Or, you know, those types of, like, Sentai, you know, the robots. A lot of them are pretty much, like, backed by Bandai Namco because they would be the biggest proponent in getting merchandise, toys, and other kinds of sellable products to to, to the general public. The the only exception within what I just said, even though it is Bandai Namco, is Gundam, right? Because that's pretty much in the zeitgeist. It's historic, right? Exactly. So... I would say the prevalence of merchandising in terms of like toys has not been very relevant, at least to us. And even more so, I guess, when you focus on like Demon Slayer and all of these other properties where there really isn't a merchandise. Of course, I'm excluding like figurines and stuff like that. That is very much a big deal everywhere. But I'm, I just meant like the Beyblades, if you will. Yeah. So it needs to make money. Yeah. I think therefore then like that that kind of answers one particular part of that question in which it's 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 a necessity, right? It, it, these companies are all for profit. They're not doing it for the good of mankind yeah. as much as you wish for them to be like trying to push the culture onto the mainstream and get more eyes on it to be able to develop the industry. And- that is like too much of a holistic perspective. Yeah, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that either. Uh, and also, you might argue, like, okay, let's say, for argument's sake, an animation studio decides to not uh, really focus on shonen properties or anything that you would characterize as a char- like a trait of shonen properties, then y- you're not going to get all of the animation studios collectively to be like, oh, yeah, okay, we're not going to do this. Yeah. But then, like, when you start focusing on the fact that, of course, it's, this is all supposed to be, like, revenue-generating, therefore, you're going to see creators, specifically mangakas, pile onto the popular genres because they know that there's enough eyes on it that all you need is that one hit, and then you can break the industry. But my 
my fear is that at, at some point we would then start developing a lack of innovation in terms of what what is the appeal of shonen action other than the fact that it purely is just a shonen action you know like if we if we just make a a, a very straightforward comparison between like jujutsu kaisen hell's paradise demon slayer chainsaw all, man yeah all very good series i mean mm-hmm. i i, 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 love, I really love all of them but like, they're all kind of similar Right, I mean, of course, to say that they're the same—that's like you know too short-sighted. That's not what I'm getting at, and but, disingenuous. But I'm not exactly. saying you are doing. I, that, I think but, yeah. exactly right. Like for me to just say that—that's just you know completely wrong. But you would, you, you, I could be forgiven in saying that there are a lot of similarities in terms of you know how characters are developed, how power levels are developed and portrayed, and sort of you know the the general flow of plot in that there is always going to be a big bad evil and a and a, and a you know a, a good person building together an entourage to, you know, try and take down this this big bad evil. But after a while, I feel it gets a little bit formulaic and are we just, you know, forever destined to just kind of see similar stuff just in a different skin? Like same shit, different day kind of situation? And to add on to what you said, right, let's take uh, the the more quote-unquote mature, which is by definition, seinen, right? The seinen demographic or the seinen genre is, by definition, that's exactly what it means. It means a more mature audience, right? Let's take currently, it is spring 2023, My Home Hero. It is, in my opinion, a seinen. Oh, absolutely. It absolutely is. I mean, I mean, forgive the portrayal, that, I mean, the, the, the representation that it had in the anime. The, the manga itself looks fucking sick. It's just... Sometimes the art is great. Sometimes when you have to do, you know, seinen adaptations, you do have a lot more red tape to go around. It, that that's unfortunately the way it goes in the industry, and therefore I think that the the score and the perception of my my home hero definitely took a hit. I I mean, let's exclude how you and I feel about the production side of it, right? Let's just talk about the plot beats. The first like ten minutes is kind of gut-wrenching because it kind of touches on, obviously, a lot of things that seinen would touch on, but it is kind of very uncomfortable, right? It's something that akin to... It's weird, it's obscure, it's uncomfortable. You're never really knowing, like, what's actually happening when they get the characters, but you know something's brewing in the in the background. And then when, the, all, it, when it all comes out, when the shit hits the fan, then it's like, okay, this is... Like, the real shit. I mean, the first scene, it takes place in a diner, and someone shows up late, battered, and bruised. I mean, that is very much, you know what's up. But the fact that, like, the characters are also, like, very non-confrontational about it, it's like, And they know what's up. Oh, um... What happened? Oh, that you happened. Have to read in between. The oh, lines, you're not going right? to tell me. Okay, you're not going to tell me. Okay, that's that's cool. That's fine. That's cool. 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 Okay, fine. Um, uh, would you like to order anything to eat? I'm good. I'm not going to eat. And then she just walks off. It's like, uh, uh, okay, all right. Then you get out of the diner, and then another conflict happens. And this time around, it's a lot more in your face. Yeah, I don't think that whole you know, like the first half of the first episode, is something that a lot of people will sought you know, to go after. Whereas if I say something like, yo, imagine you fight demons or devils in this world, but you use chainsaw for hands. You'd be like, what the fuck are you talking about? That's anime as fuck. I mean, we literally say that as, oh, we fight swords. We use swords to fight demons. We wear masks and uh, 
you know, uh, there is a there is like a organization, a society of people where they go hunt demons. It's like, yeah, that sounds anime as fuck. I mean, we don't say, oh, uh, ninety one days in the pro set in the prohibition era is an anime as fuck revenge tale. No, it no. is it is a very like sort of as realistic as can be portrayal of you know the prohibition times but it's a great i mean i i, I thought it was okay but i i really do appreciate yeah the it wasn't tone. it wasn't fantastic but i think it's because of the fact that it's still kind of grounded in some level of realism that it can't push that fantastical boundary like what was the what was the last seinen and i guess you could argue that attack on titan is a seinen but i would also argue it is fantastical and action oriented but when was the last in many and i and i am kind of when was the last like pure seinen that you can think of that has reached a huge appeal? Monster. Now, okay, that's a very good one. That's a legit very good one, but that's also like a legit very ancient one. Classic. I mean, you, you can't really say it's like contemporary anymore, right? It came out like no. almost like well over twenty years. ago. I mean, ago. then you could say like Oshinoko, and I'm like, you're not like wrong per se. But it's also like it's not a seinen; it's a shonen jump. Would you say uh, Shinsekai Yori, her new world, is a seinen? Yeah, it's got it, yeah, it's thematically yeah, yes. it's very seinen. Yes, I and, would say. And, and so. yes, it's fantastical. And plus, it's based off of a novel, so yeah. you know. Um, but uh, the other thing, though, I would argue in uh, like on your uh, argument of well, what are we going to do about it? You know, uh, what was it? The two points I talk about is. A mass appeal, so it's easy to like associate with in terms of a broad audience. The second thing is they gotta make money. What makes money now? Isekais, shonens. Good. Okay. So you can't stop companies from making money, or else then we don't get anime. Period. So what I would argue is the number of people that grow up that loves anime and manga. I mean, we have said it to death. It's ever gonna be increasing. So then they will sought after, hopefully, seinens. You mean they'll seek after. Seek. Yeah. Sought is. Sought okay, is okay yes. Yeah. yeah, my bad. But I, I think, like, the, the, the parallel to it in terms of, like, IRL, like, live action would, would be Disney, right? In terms of, like, every 20 years, you know how, like, you've had the classics of Lion King, Little Mermaid, Beauty and the Beast. Then 20 years later, they either do 3D or live action remix of it. Same shit, but it's literally just an upscaled, updated version of it. And when you talk about all the Marvel movies that come under the Disney banner, it's always sort of like PG or PG-13. But then when they try and push for an R-rated Deadpool, that there's a lot of sort of like push and shove, a lot of red tape from the higher-ups because they feel that having an R-rated movie, whilst of course it would encapsulate the purest sort of comedic and also excitement level. Yeah. I mean, but, Ryan Reynolds had to fucking fight in order be, to literally because, get it greenlit. Because Disney is like, well, we don't want to alienate people who are younger from watching it. Therefore, like our bottom line is going to be a lot lower. But then also at the same time, it's like, well, then you're just basically, you know, censoring a lot of shit that just would not make this. Uh, you, you would sanitize the whole experience. I mean, thank God in the end that Ryan Reynolds got his way and everyone loved Deadpool. But I have to admit. Ed- 
there needs to be like some sort of way to tell like these execs like yeah. oh yeah we done goofed you know that kind of thing do like, you think that, that that's a similar issue within anime and manga maybe less so with manga and especially with like light novels because you can definitely see a lot more like deep and dark shit when it comes to written and just like manga forms but when it comes to the getting it onto the screen for anime yes you do see like some real gory shit with Shinsekai Yori with uh, Chainsaw Man, Attack on Titan, but there's still, I guess, sort of a little bit of not so much censorship, but downplaying the level of violence and gore and even like some more sensitive themes and topics in anime and manga. I mean, we talk about uncensored versions versus censored versions that are on broadcast. Uh, I think in our Gotta Watch Them All for JoJo, I was like, there are some moments where they're clearly blacked out or like, you know, uh, like shaded in what is actually happening or like, or like conveniently censored ways for you to sort of like you know what's going on but because of they're they're acting under like a specific kind of like age rating yeah or and it's not a director or not oh like you know some you you see the typical thing of like the door closes and then you hear all these like sound effects but this is not that this is literally you could easily see in many ways but they like blurt it out right or uh, but I think ecchi is very different than violence. And I think also in America, Western world, it is also played differently than, let's say, in Europe. Uh, so that's a, like a whole different can of worms and a different conversation entirely, yeah. right? I think I think because you know I mean I think it's a pretty apt kind of comparison between like Disney and not not to say that Disney is. In comparison to like all of anime and manga, that's that's not the parallel I'm trying to make. So but what I'm saying, what I'm saying here is that like, is it because of the fact that there are business decisions that need to be made that because they know that the general demographic that would be the most sort of like well received towards a specific genre, that's why they're going for more sort of like teenage, young adult kind of genres that would easily be popular that would easily make money I and mean, that's to, why we are resigned to seeing a lot of you know unfortunately like rehashed kinds of shonen actions i mean the way that anime gets screenlit at least from my perspective with shonens in particular they have a lot of background knowledge right they got the source manga in this case again if we exclude anime originals that are more catered to shonens let's just take you know like demon slayer you can see clearly that, oh, it has a certain level of appeal with the manga. So then it is easier to convince a group of people to produce that anime. Then you go, okay, so those people will jump on. Then what do we add to that to convince a group of people to put in the money for it, right? I would argue that mm, it is such a tall order that it's easy for, for example, me to play devil's advocate to be like, yeah, I want to see more varied types of stuff. That is not to say that the Demon Slayer is not well done or well produced, but I would 100% in an executive position of an anime studio or a production committee be like, yeah, f fuck my home hero. I am just going to mass produce Fate Stay Night. I'm going to mass produce Demon Slayer. I want to get that money. That's, I mean, I can't argue against that. Yeah, and then you can then say, like, oh, the anime will propel the manga sales of Shonen Jumps, and it becomes this, like, cycle. Like, this is it called cyclic effect? Yeah, cyclical, yeah. So, 
it is such a hard thing to do. Like, for example, let's take uh, the the moon. Uh, what's it? Type moon. Uh, yeah. Uh, world, right? I'm very much convinced that we will get a Tsukihime anime soon. I mean, we already got the remake of the PS4 visual. Probably 2025, if there is going to be one. Youthful Table has produced like a beginning intro scene that looks fucking fantastic with Riona, uh, you know, you know, with the song. And it's just so well done that I'm just like, yeah, it's going to come, guys. Like, it's so obvious to me. And also because Tsukihime, the last full anime production didn't do too good so no that, that was well, that was called a while ago too right i think that yeah. was like that, that I so think, that's like the I disney think, cycle I think, right? I think that came out before garden of sinners which came out like late 2000s yeah i think it was like 2002 one something like that like so but um the only thing that it is again timing of certain things are just very coincidental isn't it that uh let's go off of anime and just kind of make a side tangent to video games currently right now a lot of ire has been drawn for activision blizzard king right yeah so especially for both of us when we used to play world of warcraft i and especially like the prominence of activision blizzard or back then just blizzard they have non-stop bangers right you know starcraft Warcraft, Diablo, Diablo, World of Warcraft. Now we get like sequels like Diablo 4 is coming out now and stuff like that. And Street Fighter 6, you know, going off to Capcom, right? But at the end of the day, people complain, whine, make a lot of noise. Is that the majority of people or even the people who make the noise? Are you going to then stop playing and vote with your wallet? Because that's literally how you incite change. Yeah. If you don't like what is currently being available catered to you as an anime and manga viewer or reader, then don't, don't buy them, but people will like, there's a reason why we have so many fast and furious movies. There's a reason. Yeah. There's a reason why we have so many modern warfares, right? A call of duty franchise has been just like rinsing it, even though the year on year on year, they say that the game just gets worse and worse and worse. And there's an IP as a franchise, right? So then there is, it's easier for people to be like, oh, I'll greenlit the next one. They'll greenlit the next battlefield, even though it in reality could be really bad, versus a new first person shooter property. I mean, they did have like Battlefield 1, right? I think that one was, I think it was kind of like a slight revamp because they took it back in time. But. Oh, I mean, it was IA, but it's, but it was also hugely popular too. Enough for them to actually start making more games like that kind, like that type. Uh, I think their subsequent like sequel came out, and it wasn't nearly it wasn't good. Everything. Yeah, but it's like but like the battle royale genre, that, right? That's, that's the kind of data that you work with, right? If one thing worked, you want to extrapolate all the successes that came from it and put it towards the next thing. Yeah, and or you want, yeah, it's like if it worked the first time, it has to work a second. Yeah, time. Yeah, or you want to get in on it, or other studios wants to get a piece of that pie, right? So similarly with isekais, you know, a lot of people is like, oh fuck, this shit, this genre is earning a shit ton of money. Let's who gives a shit. Like, okay, look, I'm pretty hyped about, like, Reborn as a vending machine. I don't think it will be, like, super good, but I still quite like it. It's it's a slightly different kind of thing, but then it's, like, you've also seen, like, being reincarnated as an inanimate object. Like, ice like, sorcerer, like, ice blade. There's, like, reincarnated as a sword. Yeah. Right? There's, like, so many things that are just so mid, literally mid, but 
it gets greenlit because because people like it and enough to easy. pay for it and like that you know, putting money in their coffers and being like oh clearly this is a strategy that works we're going to continue doing that and you keep doing it until it breaks yeah because you're not going to get someone who is like you're going to the stereotypical thing of the execs are being like you know old in this case asian dudes right that are in these exact positions they don't have the pulse at least a lot of them don't have the pulse on the way that things are gonna be in the next five years i mean even animation studios the creatives themselves don't know right so it's so tough that's why no one does anime originals anymore compared to back in the day because it's just so easy to be like oh there's a source that's why i i don't i don't like character designers nowadays when they're adapted from manga because I'm not saying that it's not an important like position or an important role, but you you literally have like 90% of the work based from the manga source, right? Okay, you adapt it slightly. And then, of course, if you do have a manga source and then you do character designs, but it looks different or like not the same at all, then people what will the be like, fuck, guys? Yeah. There's, like, there's literally no win. You're not being faithful. Right. If, like, for example, Fuck your own take. You know how we have like you know best character design, and it's literally just you know the same designs based off of manga. Then you have people like us who be like, you're you're not designing a character. You're literally just copying and pasting and adding animations in between. And then on the inverse, if you make something completely different, you can draw a backlash and be like, why why did like, this is not a faithful adaptation of the source? Yeah. So it's very easy to say like, why are you guys not taking a more riskier route? But that's because it's risky, riskier the when word, The word is, is there, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, do you want to put, like, $10 million into an anime series that is completely original, not done before, and may or may not work, versus putting $10 million into something that, oh, look, it's, you know, same old shit, but it's going to make you money. I love talking about Studio Trigger and their general catalog of anime originals in general, and Gainax, obviously. But... Listen, right now, Delicious in Dungeon is going to be made by them. The trailer looks fucking fantastic, by the way. It is actually fantastic. We should watch the trailer later uh, again because I just love it. Uh, winter 2024, by the way. You also have to give you know, props to Science Saru for them trying to be a little bit different as well in terms of like they'll, they'll have stuff that is either like obscure manga series or like novel series. Gonna do, how are we going to advertise Inuo? Well, at the same time, it's also like you look at them trying to do stuff like Yurei Deco, and it's very different. It's not, I wouldn't say it's like wholly original because they do draw a lot of sort of like, liter- like literature, like literature, like social commentary. Yeah, but at yeah. the same time, it's like, it's it's definitely not something that you would say there's like a like for like comparison in any seasons of anime that have released in the last year. However, that doesn't mean that it is well received. In fact, the score for it is still very, very low. And I, even I, who am like, I, I am a diehard fan of Sansaru, I'll be the first to admit that this is probably one of the weakest Sansaru productions I'd seen. I mean, Ong Young Choi can't always get W's, right? It's hard. So, it's hard. So uh, it is such a difficult proposition that you rarely would get someone like Studio Trigger being like, hey, can you kick? Can you guys kickstart Little Witch Academia? And even then, they probably have will take that fund or the hype and be like to a production committee and be like, listen, we raised all this money on our own. Why don't you help us with the other 60% of it? Yeah. You know? And let's also think about in terms of like other studios like PA Works with you know your boy Kang Ming mm-hmm. and Akiba Mate War or like Three Hertz with Healer Girl 
It's a healer. That's a, they did yeah, a healer yeah, girl, yeah. right? Yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. So like they'll do stuff that is like wholly original or stuff that is based on manga or light novel series that may or may not be super popular but have some sort of like diehard following and they'll try and bring it up to the mainstream and sometimes it works. Sometimes it works really well. Sometimes it's, you know, it's there. It's kind of just, you know, falling by the wayside, but at least you appreciate that they tried to do something that's out of the mold. Yeah. And when we take it from a more Western, in other words, non-Japanese perspective, because we are not Japanese, we are not from Japan, nor do we currently live in Japan. Obviously, we consume a lot of anime and manga, but we do it with, at least for me, most of almost all of it is English subtitles, sometimes Chinese, sure. But those, especially manga, or let's take light novel adaptations, right? Those are signed officially by like actual English publishers, Kodansha, Seven Seas, Denpa, uh, you know, like Viz Media, right? But they lag behind the Japanese market, right? We don't know what the hype show, like, what was it? Like Manga Gasugoi, right? Those mangas, a lot of it don't even, like, officially come out in, 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 in the West. So we have to wait maybe sometimes even years and years before we even get a manga adaptation or even an anime adaptation for us to catch up with what is currently in. Yeah, this might not be like wholly sort of like related to you know what we've been talking about you know in, during this BP, but that's another thing I sort of wanted to sort of discuss in terms of how manga and anime kind of break into the mainstream in the first place. And you know, whenever we see sort of like stats and figures of you know how many manga. Uh, how many copies of this manga are in circulation? Yeah, or New York Times bestseller, blah 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 blah. Right. The the, the main problem that you know it, 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 that, that I have is they don't never they don't really sort of disclose where those figures come from in terms of like let's say like a manga series has thirteen million copies in circulation. How much of that is are these numbers just based on Japan? Are these worldwide figures? Uh, or you know like is it because of the fact that I think because it's like. Let's say, for example, like a really, really popular series, um, which I think, how, how do I go about this? Like, have you ever heard the term Galapagos Syndrome? Like the Galapagos Island? Yeah. So you know how like the Galapagos Island itself is like, it's, it's an island that literally has like very unique and indigenous sort of creatures and animals that live and inhabit in this particular uh, in, in, in this particular island the galapagos syndrome in terms of th- this is purely like a japanese term in a sense that what they do in terms of working on business providing services is that they look inwards as opposed to outwards they look to serve the domestic market before even caring about what looks uh, what, what works in the worldwide global market absolutely that uh, that is something that i don't really in uh, appreciate or like but that is also because i'm heavily biased as someone that is not domestic right yeah. like you want to get a piece of that domestic pie you want to be able to see like yo the japanese people really love this shit i want in on it too I mean, please share many, it to us i mean how many times we have kind of lamented on nintendo being really late adopting certain practices you know whether it is a subscription service or whether it is an online persistent like game pass you know all these things that 
they are well, very or or, or for example think about for example fate stay night for the longest time there was never an like an actual licensed english translation of the fate stay night visual novel it, it was, was like only fan patches exactly fan patches homebrews like basically like people just like the fan sub community coming together and creating something and unfortunately pirating the game but then of course type moon seeing oh people outside of japan actually really love this shit why don't we make this into a much bigger franchise and look at it now uh yeah i think in general and this is very broadly speaking the Japanese market and industries almost as a whole is very uh, xenophobic, not xenophobic, but not very uh, friendly towards, or they don't care, as you said, right? It's, it's not, it, I think for them, it's, 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 it's kind of the same, I would say, in terms of like other countries, other markets. I mean, for example, like China is very much China number one when it comes to creating stuff too, because of the fact that they don't necessarily need to depend on global markets. They really have a large enough domestic population for them to be able to release one product. And if everyone in China loves it, that's more than enough for them. They don't necessarily need to have dependence on another market to prop their sales. You know, so uh, the, 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 the manga series and now, of course, anime series um, that I was thinking about in terms of Galapagos Syndrome uh, is Kingdom. So whenever we see circulation numbers of manga and whatnot, it's clearly like in like the 20s, 30s, 40 millions. But how many of those numbers are outside of Japan? Because when we talk about some of the greatest anime series um, of all time, Kingdom always is there, but we never, ever really talk about it. Now, I've watched a little bit of season one. The 3D was really weird. I didn't I mean, really enjoy with it. With our seasonal bets... My anime list always has Kingdom, even though there's a low amount of like fans or Their followers. Their fans are usually like in the low like six figures to maybe even only having like sixty to seventy thousand people, but it will consistently it's like eight point be something, eight point five, eight point six, eight point seven. So that's the weird thing too. It's not even like a dark horse thing. It's just the fact that if you're outside of Japan and you know about Kingdom, you probably are a diehard fan of it. But outside of that small little enclave of fans that exist on mal that you know want to follow kingdom i don't think the majority of the world outside of japan know or even care about kingdom well, but whenever you see it if we if we do our little gap seasonal bets if kingdom were there you are picking eight, it eight you are picking because it, it is one of the safest bets you can make i think also we are in a bit of a weird situation in terms of you and i because we know about the three kingdoms just because, you know, through osmosis, because we're, we're Chinese, right? It is even harder because it's more detached for, let's say, someone that lives in uh, suburbia, America, or Europe to kind of get a grasp of the relevancy of the three kingdoms. Like your boy Kong Ming, right? Uh, Zhuge Liang. We yeah. know exactly who that person is. Of course, it's portrayed with a certain amount of liberty, but we know the historical figure. Good luck trying to convince people, right? Was it Raven of the Inner Palace? Is mm. is a very gorgeous anime. I still need to like watch it and finish it, or like at least get my two cents in on the podcast about it when I do get around to it. It is such a hard sell for the average person to be like an imperial palace drama and politics but if you're an asian person you know if you're into like k-dramas because a lot of k-dramas chinese dramas japanese dramas have historical dramas that's literally a genre that for in some cases has so much appeal 
not necessarily always in the main focus or limelight, but it is relevant. But then if you go to the West, it's like, the fuck are you talking about? Well, it's also like, you know, we, we, back on Kingdom as well, as as popular you know as a, a story Three Kingdoms is, I don't know or even think that Kingdom, the, the anime and manga series, would be popular in China because, like you said, there are so many stories that already bleed into live action movies, written novels. Like it's done to it, death, right? It, like you, you already have seen like a multitude of different variations. Like there, there's even been like a bunch of like Journey to the West adaptations in anime and manga, but. We've also even seen, in uh, certain H stuff too, probably. Yeah, but we've seen exactly. So we've seen like millions and millions of adaptations from every year, every decade, like across like the past century of the rehashing, the retelling of the Journey to the West story. Wait, what was that? And oh, fuck, the one that I actually uh, watched like back in the day, the uh, the one that just had a, like a reboot, reload with the Jeep and all that, right? Yeah, yeah. Shit. Oh, I forgot. It has something. I'm sure it had the word zero in it, but I forgot. Um, but yeah, so yeah, but that's irrelevant. Yeah, right? I think that's that's something. I mean, like, I don't really know where I was going with the whole Galapagos syndrome thing, but like, that's something I feel we we want to try and see if Japan is willing to sort of you know, hey, maybe don't keep all the good shit to yourself. Set you know, send some of that shit overseas and let us enjoy it too. Because like you said, if you whenever we look at you know best manga lists or like for both shonen and shoujo shonen stuff probably already know like eight nine maybe all of them because of the fact that a lot of them end up getting greenlit for you know official translations and circulations overseas whereas a lot of the shoujos you know particularly the stuff that you 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 like as well a lot of times they don't have an English translation, like albeit even like a, 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 a like an English name for yeah. their or for it's the like six years later you know, when the manga is legit finished or canceled, right? Uh, I would argue, though, Will, despite agreeing with you a lot on this whole issue or the la- like, the broad landscape of anime and manga in Japan versus in the West, right? Or the recycling of certain tropes or the shonen genre. I think, though, we also should be grateful with what we have. Because... Uh, Argument's sake, simulpub for mangas are almost, for at least for a lot of shonens, for shonen jump especially on jump plus manga plus, is instantaneous. Uh, a lot of uh, anime simulcast is almost exactly like released at the same time. With uh, obviously English dubbing might come delayed or in certain in a lot of cases won't even happen. But in terms of the Japanese audio with subtitles in a lot of different languages is available the same time release. Yeah, I, I mean, we, we've, we've gone over it before in terms of the proliferation of anime and manga, talking about how it's much easier to get access to not just anime now, but also manga. You know, with all these new manga apps uh, that come out like every year that allow for us to be able to digitally wa- read or even digitally purchase and store our manga, um, even light novels nowadays. So that's definitely like a big step in the right direction. I think you know the sort of you know questions and problems I'm bringing up now are more just a result of us now being comfortable with what we have, what we what I personally wish to see more of, or maybe like particular changes that 
you know, allow for us to have a more varied experience with with anime and manga rather than just you know seeing the same isekais, the same shonen actions, uh, seeing the same light novels and mangas getting adaptations for manga and for, for, for anime and so on. I don't know. It, 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 maybe maybe it's just a, a case of me just asking for too much. I don't think it is in a way, but it's also like, is it going to change? Probably not. Right. Like, yeah. Because like, like you said, the the industry will always go to where the money is, and 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 then that's where it is. Isekais, shonen actions. If they're at the top of the of, of the scrap heap of of anime and manga genres, that's what they're going to put their cash cow in. That's where they're going to be putting their last dollar and just you know hoping for a home run because. All you need is just one person to say, you know what, like, I'm going to give you like five, six, ten million dollars to, to to make this shit happen. Let's go with it. Everyone's going to be rich off it. Okay, yeah. sure, no problem. I mean, this is this is not an original thing. This is not something that is very different from what we've already seen over the last five, ten years. But we know it works, and therefore we're going to stick with it. I think that's that's something that probably won't change in the near future because Sayuki. Yeah. Sayuki, oh, Sayuki Reload. Sayuki Reload. Okay, uh, so so quick update. While uh, Will was... I am paying attention to what you're saying, but I'm also simultaneously um, Googling stuff. So uh, when uh, spring 2022 was the last season of the anime adaptation of Kingdom, season four. Okay. Can you guess the score? Uh, 8.73. Almost exactly. It is 8.75, higher than Spy X Family, uh, lower than uh, Kaguya-sama, which is 9.05, but it is number two in the whole spring uh, season. I think if we if we look at like all time, it's probably top 50. If not top 50, then definitely top 100, right? Like 41. Yeah. So, <laughs> But popularity is 2809, members 52,794. Yeah. Not a whole lot compared to the series that you just mentioned. Right, like if like, the fact that it has a higher score than Spike's family, but it is a significantly less popular, at least from a mal perspective, than Spike's family, you know that just kind of goes to show that sometimes it's not just being super popular; it's also just being like knowing like who your right audience is. I think that, however, it does mean that the general audience for anime and manga still gravitates towards looking for that next big hitter isekai that next shonen action that's going to absolutely take over the world and they're duds too like let's not forget uh if i were to tell you hey will uh what do you think about shenmue you'd be Uh, like oh it's like this classic game that has right has a lot of hype it was on the dreamcast originally a lot of people probably are yearning for uh, some something from Shenmue, oh. it did poorly. Guess what? Yeah, last two years, not only do you have a Shenmue 3, you also had a Shenmue anime. That neither, was bullshit. N- neither of them worked. Then you get, let's say that, okay, then you'll be like, well, Shenmue is kind of weird. I mean, there's also uh, Yurisei Yatsura, right? That right. came out 20 exactly. years ago, recently. It wasn't, like, terrible. With but, David Productions, right? Yeah, and, it, and like, it wasn't, like, a terrible mouse score, but it definitely didn't, you know... It, it, it definitely did, did not create waves. And you know? it got greenlit for like 50 episodes total. So it's like, what are we going to do? Then you get Doll's Frontline, probably one of the most well-known tower defense gotcha games in existence. And their anime, at least from a mal perspective, performed horrendously. Now, is there a, probably a difference between 
being ranked high on my anime list versus being popular, that's another valid and interesting discussion, right? Yeah, there are, there's definitely some level of correlation. It's never just like randomly, it's never like, oh, stuff that's super popular is not going to be highly rated, and the inverse is not also like entirely accurate either. Right? Yeah, I mean, there's so much like live action Western movies where it gets panned by critics, but it just earns a shit ton of money, and they just keep greenlighting it because, hey, it's earning fucking money. What are yeah. you going to do about it? Like every time you get into like the summer, you're reaching towards October, you always have those big summer blockbusters or you know people are preparing for that next big horror franchise. And let's be real. A lot of them are either boring or just complete trash, but they somehow still rake in like millions of dollars and it's because that's kind of just what people want. Yeah, it's like same shit different day, right? With isekais for example or shonen's. Maybe they don't want or need to look for something new and like uh, what's it called avant-garde is i guess the, I mean, the term right yeah i mean look at like the current slate of you know uh marvel cinematic universe movies right like with eternals the more, more recently atman and the quantumania thing you know both have been panned for being pretty dog shit or at least just like movies that people did not enjoy they still raked in well over three to four hundred million dollars. Yeah, of course. You, yeah. Could, you could argue like, well, when you factor in the cost of advertising and stuff, do the they actually and stuff? Yeah. yeah, do they actually make the money back? Okay, that's a valid, you know, kind of uh, discussion because I, I actually wouldn't know for certain things, and or at I least think, we'll never accurately know exactly. But uh, going off of what you said about, uh, like, since we're on the topic of like stats, usually no one is open about their analytics and stats because why, why would you yeah. unless if it's to boast yeah like you're, you're not, not gonna, gonna be shit like on yourself. you're not gonna be like oh paul rudd you know we paid him this much money on this contract to appear in atman movies we're paying tom holland this much we're paying you know like i mean sometimes you would get that kind of knowledge right yeah. insider knowledge but a lot of people won't tell you for example the budgeting that is spent on advertising which sometimes is even almost close to half of the movie budget because the movie budget is not factored advertisements at least in terms of like the western live action movie scene very much the budget itself is purely production right everything else that happens afterwards that's not accounted for in the budget itself it's just added like sunk costs that need to be done to be able to propel your property your service and whatnot and the actors get paid a shit ton a shit ton of money and if we go now back to anime and manga the production committee earns the shit ton of money but we also don't know how much they spend on advertising and marketing yeah and i think that is the argument that they could kind of give forth because how else are you going to yeah like like say they're wrong or right yeah like for example it's like are you going to spend you know ten million dollars advertising Chainsaw Man, or are you going to spend ten million dollars advertising My Home Hero? I think like that that is not even like a fair comparison. You know where the money's going to go, but that's also just because of the fact that that's industry trends. So this is not necessarily like a question that needs a, a proper answer. But like, do you feel that the, the onus falls a bit more on the business side, which are like? the management companies, production companies, knowing that like they're just perpetually like sending out all this all, all, all this shonen action in Isekai because that's what they think 
people want and that's where they know where the money is or does the onus fall on the consumers and that you know this stuff is garbage but you're still putting money into it or you know this stuff is you know way too popular and there's you know a lack of variation in terms of anime and manga but because you continuously put money into the coffers of the people that produce the same shit that that's why we have no variation in anime and manga Again, this is not like a no, beyond no, end all. I, I, you know, I, I, I understand. I'm not, I'm not saying there is absolutely no variation. I'm just saying that that's what we're trending towards. Plus, we're two dudes recording this episode in a residential area yeah. rather than, you know, it, like, I, I, I totally get it. We're not a, like. A lot of the stuff we're saying is not like founded on like actual like statistical analysis. This is all of our gut feelings. Dude, and we want it, but we, there's it. no way we could get it, right? But it is our gut reaction. I would say. There is, in this particular case of what you propose, there is a difference between who is responsible and who should be blamed. I think the consumers should be blamed for this. Like potentially wanting new stuff, but not actually proactively trying to make that change, right? Yes. And then I think the animation studios production committees are responsible for it. Of course, then you That's can. That's a very good way of putting it. Yeah. Uh, uh, of course, you could say like, "Well, then, who is who is the bad person? Everyone's the bad actor in this case, including yours truly." Yeah, because we all because we both really love Hell's Paradise and Jujutsu yeah. Kaisen. And like, I, I want Jujutsu Kaisen season two. I absolutely want it. I, 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 I you and I paid take move money to go watch the the, the movie. Jujutsu Kaisen is dope. Yeah, it's fucking dope. But so, uh, I think. Ultimately, if it is not viable, production committees, animation studios, uh, you know, manga publishers will not invest money towards it. How do you do that? Over time, it is to through the fans, consumers voting with either their wallet or their voice. And here's the other thing about the voice. I don't think a lot of people either care or we make it out to sound like, or for example, we use my anime list a lot. My anime list makes a lot of noise, but maybe it is in reality only 10% of the entire anime and manga fan base, which is probably the reality of the situation. Now, let me propose a, a final question to you. We've talked about, about the, the production side, which includes the businesses, the sponsors, the, the management companies are involved in you know producing and circulating anime and manga. And then we also have the consumer side, which are the fans, uh, the, the general sort of like layman that you know just wants to consume this particular genre. What about the people on the in-between, which are, you know, for lack of a better word, content creators people like you and me people like anime oh my Man. god we're content creators holy shit yeah Will. i mean we've, we've been doing it for two and a half years we might as well actually pick up that moniker now right so like if, if we know that every season we're going to be inundated with very similar types of properties um that aren't like wholly original but not that we're expecting stuff to be super original we've already said that it's nigh impossible to do that now but if we know that the next big blockbuster hit of summer 2023 or winter 2025 or whenever in the future is going to be the next big shonen action or the next big isekai that doesn't necessarily break the mold from what has preceded it do you feel that it kind of potentially creates a bottleneck in us further exploring the medium because we know that we're going to be subjected to 
stuff that we've already talked about in some form or capacity? Or do you feel that, that because of the fact that this is the way the industry is molded, that we naturally would have to just, you know, fall like fall in line and, and just like sort of commit to it? Uh, as much as the narrative of anime and manga as an industry, as a fan base, consumer base is the biggest and most relevant it has ever been, period, and it will probably continue to uptrend, once it gets to a certain level of quantity of people that is able to consume things, then that is, in my opinion, when a lot of projects become viable because you only need, like, 1% of the fan base or there will eventually just by the law of numbers have people that will then want to consume those types of non-shonen non-action based properties non-isekai exactly yeah. right now even though it is as i said as rel- as more relevant as large as it has ever been it is still rather small such that certain projects are just not possible, not feasible, not viable just because the potential audience that it is catered to is still small. 1% of the current fan base now versus, in my opinion, 1% of what it would be 10, 15 years from now is almost like multitude, magnitude of difference in terms of raw number itself, even though they're both 1%. Yeah. Like 1% of people loving a specific anime series in 2000 compared to now, like it is 1%. It's not the same number. Yeah. I mean, let's take, for example, uh, the magical girl genre. That is a genre that I somehow kind of dig, whether it is uh, Madoka Magica to a certain extent, uh, Review Starlight. Or just random out of nowhere, Sinful Gear decides to also be a magical girl genre. But Precur is the most well-known, the most relevant, uh, is in many ways the modern Sailor Moon in terms of relevancy within the subgenre of magical girls. I have no idea the fuck Precur is about. I have no idea how viable, how big the industry is. Until, like, I dig a little deeper and then I'm like, holy fuck. Like, they're making bank. Whether it is through merchandise or whatnot. Like, it's just not on our radar. And then when the fan base becomes even larger, there's going to be these kinds of subgenres or niches within, quote-unquote, the niche of anime and manga. And so you feel that that's something that, you know, as content creators, as, as content creators that we naturally will adapt to. Rather than you know, sort of you know, preaching the same praises for shonen actions and isekais, because inevitably the stuff we say that's good about and what's good and bad about a shonen action and B shonen action and C and so on will be more or less the same, and therefore we then sort of break out of that mold and look at the more obscure genres or the lesser known genres and pour more focus in analyzing those things. We we, we would then be more active in seeking out stuff that is against the grain that's not in like the popular eye i do think as content creators now uh in terms of uh the in terms of the discussion we're having the burden of responsibility we have to do our due diligence with 
shonen. We have to cater to the hot button issue, the big bad in terms of the hype show. I mean, think about how many times you've had friends come up to you and it's like, yo, I really, really love Demon Slayer. Can you recommend me stuff that's like Demon Slayer? How many like CBR or Ranker or Kotaku lists are there where it's like, Top 10 series if you absolutely love Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. And half of them are like, what the fuck? Okay, that's like a weird mental gymnastics type yeah. of narrative. But okay, fine, right? But you have to kind of do your due diligence. Because for argument's sake, there could be a scenario such as, I don't know, Shield Hero Season 2. Yeah. That in many ways should be a slam dunk. But it fucked up. Right? Because there is that chance. There could easily be a chance where Chainsaw Man or even Oshinoko could have easily like shit the bed. Thank God, in in all of these cases, it didn't. But there could there, have been. There, there was a possibility. There it's, was with Dogokobo, especially. Like I love Dogokobo in general, but I was hesitant too. Right. So there we have. It is like, do you want to? It's like journal. Uh, not journalistic integrity. That's like putting me on that pedestal, but. There is we're, that in- we're not up for Pulitzer awards, right? <laughs> we probably will never be, but there is that kind of integrity as content creators and the freedom of not of reporting on the hype shows. But we probably should and we do and we will. Cuz it would still technically be a service to the industry itself if we just actively choose to not focus like, even shun this particular genre just because it's popular. Like yeah. we're not trying to be like the whole sort of like like left field. We're not trying to be hippie and whatnot. We're not trying to say like, oh, like liking popular stuff makes you a casual and whatnot. No, we're not like gatekeeping anime and manga to that level. Yeah, we're not saying like, oh, you are you play video games, but you play only mobile games, then you are filthy casual. We're not saying any of that. Yeah, we're not doing like the whole casual normie kind of like narrative. Uh, and let me give you a little bit of inside baseball. I won't give you the actual number, but. In the pantheon of the GAP podcast, our most popular episode by a mile is not about shonen. It's not a genre analysis or about a studio. It's not even seasonals. Yeah. It's about fashion. Like, how? I mean, like, what? Like, first of all, that's dope. But what? I think it's because, you know, people are already... You don't have to be an expert in anime to really know like why shonen actions are super popular because you've been surrounded by it for decades. Yeah. Every gen, every every generation has had its own big hitter shonen action, like all the way back to like the seventies and eighties. It's just that in this particular decade, we've just seen a lot of it happen more often than in the past. And even with our recording slash reporting, right, will. We have spent almost very little time nowadays with our seasonal premieres on the sequels and the shonen properties comparatively to some of, quote-unquote, our lesser known, right? For us, personally, at least in terms of the unwritten agreement that we have, we like to shine a light on maybe like the mid-seven-point-whatevers on my anime list because those are the shows that are not necessarily super obvious and apparent that you should check out right away. Yeah. The fives, fuck that, right? Yeah, we, we try to we, we we at least try to shine a light on some of the more underrepresented genres. And then of course there are just some genres, some series that, you know, unfortunately to this day it's just don't work out. Like 
unfortunately horror, right? Like as much as we want them to, want to talk more about, I wanted Muriko Chan to work out, and it it kind of did, but it's just not that impactful. I'm and, super worried about Uzumaki, and, and even if Muriko Chan was impactful, like that's just one out of how many. There's not a whole lot that you can actually say. This can you make a conclusive top ten list of horror anime and manga? It's really hard. No, no, horror, it's, it's very simple. Anime. Let me just horror. grab Junji Ito's catalog, yeah. and that's it, right? So, uh, Gyo, Tomie, fucking, I, yeah. I thought Gantz, for example, as a horror violent uh, seinen is a, a decent manga, for sure. It has a weird look, it has a weird plot, and it kind of shits the bed towards uh, the last arc to wrap it up. Yep. The anime, uh, excluding Gantz Zero, okay? The anime is horrible. Like, just terrible. Was Gantz Zero Polygon Pictures? I don't think so. We can double check right now. But um, but it was 3D, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it wasn't like, I mean, you, you while you check, uh, I'll just say that I think Gantz was a very good example of well, blood and gore and violence and this weird kind of sci-fi thing should have been apparent. What is it? Digital Frontier. We couldn't have been able to guess. Yeah, there's no way. So how is it? I thought it would have been a slam dunk if I just look at like the bullet points in terms of the seinen, right? In terms of what you're asking in terms of it still has a little bit of shonen action-ish, but it deals, especially the manga, has a lot of very explicit shit. And also, like, really, really beautifully drawn empty spaces. Like, man, like, the scale of which they try and create the world of Gantz in the manga, it, oh, wow. I have to also get used to the art style because it is such a different style that at the beginning I was really put off by it. And then I grew to kind of like it. But it took some time. And I think going off of that, Seinen's relevancy is going to take time in order for it to kind of grow. And I think it's because, like, we we, we are, like, not even arguing about it in terms of, like, that the anime and manga industry still predominantly caters the services towards a younger population because that's literally where the money is. And until they start seeing changes in terms of the attitude towards anime and manga, we're probably not going to be seeing more attention drawn towards seinen productions or genres that are underrepresented coming into the forefront and then being the ones that are, that, that dethrone isekais and shonen actions. We, we I don't think we will be seeing that anytime soon. And it's because of that's just the way that the industry works and that's just the way that that's just that's just something that the consumers want and we can pull up endless amounts of examples of hey this manga property is technically quote unquote seinen or more mature audience it has an anime per, uh adaptation but it's shit even though it is uh the, the source is ranked super high i mean one of the most modern tragedies that in my opinion is requiem for a rose king it is. I thought you were going to say berserk, but yeah. But that's a whole different kettle of fish. I, I, yeah, I, I, that one's. I, like, I'm not going to touch that. The, the less I'm said, not, the less said, better, right? Yeah, exactly. So I cannot. I will not argue about berserk because that's just but, dang, that's danger zone. But Rose King, right? Yeah. You've shown me the manga. It looks great, and I think like plot wise, the way that the panels are drawn, the way that the story flows, done really, really well. But then you also watch the anime. And I don't think that I'd ever seen like a bigger face of disappointment 
when talking about Requiem for a Rose King. Yeah, and it is really difficult to make anime, but it is easier at least. I'm not saying a lot of effort are not put in because we talk about mangakas with their health issues, chasing deadlines, and going against impossible odds. But manga is technically a lower barrier to entry than anime. I, and and I, I'm not saying that mangakas have it easy because they don't. But I'm saying that comparatively speaking, anime is way more costly. Such I mean, that- and also requires a lot more people. One person could technically draw and write a whole series of manga, but one person can absolutely not do a whole 12 episode cur of anime on their own. Oh yeah, you can just yeah. wait 20 years for yeah. one episode or, or or you know. And you have to be incredibly talented in doing your voice acting at different levels. Or use AI and don't sleep or something. That I I don't know. Yeah, that yeah, that we 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 talked about We AI talked about is, that. Yeah. So it is and plus, here's here's the other thing about manga cuz in general. And I'm being very uh uh what, it, what like almost like not humanistic, like very ruthless and detached, right? How many uh, series gets axed by, let's say, Shonen Jump? You know, we, we yep. talk about Shonen Jump all the time, even within this BP. It's so easy for like I mean, the we, next we, person. We don't, we don't even need to talk about it because Mother's Basement, the YouTube channel, already does an amazing job covering the developments of Shonen Jump. We just need to watch him and then you know. Or, or, or Patch Wolf, right? Patch Wolf as well, yeah. Exactly, but... What I'm saying is, let's say you axe a certain property. There is like hundreds of people waiting in line to get their manga adapted. It is a, it's a very different ball game when we talk about anime. Because just due to the sheer scale and the amount of people involved, you're not going to axe an anime production at a certain point, but you can axe a certain manga series, uh, you know, sacrifice the loss... And then get see if like this other upcoming uh, something called Akane Bashi is relevant or not. Because you know maybe maybe it won't be because it's about need, Rakugo. I, I still need to read Akane Banashi. I'll get. I, I promise I will get ran to it. But um, it's about Rakugo. Like who gives yeah. a fuck about Rakugo in general? Like, I, I mean, even well, Rakugo I mean, Shinji. Well, I mean, like Showa Rakugo. That that um, it, it, that's also a top fifty anime on my anime list. What shoju Rakugo Shinju? Uh, there's another yeah, yeah, one. Yeah. yeah, maybe that one. There might be another one as well. But I mean, for sure, there's like you, 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 you do see subgenres that are very, very like obscure or just not very well known, but have a very like diehard following. But even within that Rakugo anime, it talks about Rakugo's relevancy in the modern era and how it's just not that relevant anymore. So it is such a almost like a meta commentary when we take several like layers deep or several layers out. It's Rakugo Shinju, I'm pretty sure, is the one we're thinking. Gon wa. It's like it's like four. yeah, yeah. Showa Garoku Rakugo Shinju. Yeah, that's yeah, the one. Yeah, yeah. So that's like I love that show. I gave it like a nine. Eight point seven three. Yeah, it's a fantastic show that I think every pe- everyone should watch. And even though it touches upon Rakugo, it is very much an anime-ass anime in terms of seinen, mature topics, and sometimes even taboo topics. But let's talk about Rakugo itself. Who gives a fuck? 
I'm not I'm not trying to like demean it, right? Demean it, but like no one will really know or care past a certain point. But it's like you know, if we talk, for example, like there's a series called Ashita no Joe Part Two, which you know has an eight point seven one, and it's easier in this case to you know find oh, like some ro- you're Rocky, yeah, to find some sort of connection with boxing as opposed to Rakugo. Granted, we're coming from a more sort of international perspective. We didn't grow up in Japan, so we don't know in terms of how relevant or how important the world of Raku is just because we were never exposed to it from a young age. One of the things that I always advocate is anime and manga, the topic or the thing that the cute girls do, the cute girls doing cute things, could be about fucking anything. It could be about handiwork, like with fly DIY. Fish, yeah, fly fishing could, with slow loop. Exactly. Or it could be about... Will or one of the GAP cornerstones about fucking camping. Like, good luck trying to convince someone on paper, oh, it's about a bunch of cute girls doing cute things. Oh, okay, that genre is really good and popular, right? Okay, what what are they what what is the cute thing that they're doing? They're going camping. And you just be like Okay. They go fly fishing? Who who fucking fly fishes? But because of the fact that it's cute girls doing that thing. Hey, at least you know there is some level of interest, and then maybe you'll be like, actually, you know what? Camping is pretty dope. I do want to go fly fishing now. You know that kind of shit. Yeah, and then what else does it do? It promotes tourism. It promotes the people wanting to camp, just like how Slam Dunk back in the day, prom- or or Captain Subasa promoted the sport itself, and then more people participate. High Q, you know, perpetuating the relevancy of Japanese volleyball. You know. These are things that anime and manga has power and impact on. But almost all those things are shonen-esque, yeah. if not exactly shonen and not seinen. Yeah. So where do we really go from here? I think that in, in the end, we are always going to be seeing shonen actions, isekais, you know, really, really popular genres remain at the top of the anime and manga world. But... That's not a bad thing. I think in the end, like if, if this is what it is needed to continuously push the industry towards the mainstream and get it at a level where when we start talking about anime and manga, that, that just becomes part and parcel with it. And therefore, you then start seeking actively other genres, other topics within this particular medium. I think that would be a good way to go about it. You know, just because we have a lot of shonen actions and therefore and, and a lot of them end up being kind of similar doesn't mean we're not going to shine a light on them simply because, well, one, they're usually really good for good reason. And two, it just helps us give a platform. It gives us a platform to continuously explore this world of anime and manga. It allows for people to be a lot more comfortable understanding that some sort of cornerstones in anime and manga are never going to change and therefore it makes it a little bit pillars right the foundation therefore it makes it easier for you to be like okay i know that this stuff is going to be great this stuff's going to be fun enjoyable maybe now is the time for us to go and explore something that is not in the mainstream not within those roads tinted glasses that you always look at when looking at anime and manga especially when the well runs dry right um i will before i go into like uh housekeeping the one property that I think is very indicative of whether it was the trajectory of anime and manga back then, present, and possibly even the future, going back to another company that we have already mentioned here, Bankai 
Nam- uh, Bandai Namco with Gundam. Gundam has been relevant since the dawn of time, especially if you factor in back when we were kids, the relevancy of Gundam's mecha anime space battles. Uh, you know, what was it? Uh, Legend of the Galactic Heroes, uh, uh, Yamada, Yamato uh, Space Station? Yama- Something, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, spaceship, battleship, shit. Anyways, it's a very well-known franchise. The point is, Gundam has existed throughout this whole pantheon of time, right? Regardless of it, you know, Mecha's being at the top or at the bottom, whatnot. Right, with Macross kind of not that relevant anymore, but hey. Mazinger Gu- Z being a classic, but you don't see any new adaptations. There is literally a new Gundam every couple years. You get Gridman nowadays, but eh, eh, eh. eh. But okay, let's take Gundam as an example, Will, but, uh, as the last kind of thing that we are we're going to talk about. It is as relevant as it is now with um, the Wish from Mercury, right? And then if we go a little bit back, you know, Double O, uh, was it Hathaway? Hathaway? Yeah. Uh, it, it was on Netflix, or a lot of those franchises got revived, you know? And then we go back to, like, pseudo-mechas with uh, Evangelion and yeah. stuff like that, right? But, uh, but what, you're, what you're seeing with those particular series is that those are all in some way, shape, or form, mecha series. Whereas Gundam itself is so prevalent and popular and the transcendent throughout the decades that it doesn't even fall under the mecha tag anymore. It is just straight up Gundam. Right. Yeah. But, but yes, the and, Gundam and, and, genre yeah. is, 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 has always been relevant with its own subset of anime and manga uh, watchers, viewers, readers. Would you agree with that statement? I mean, the fact that like outside of One Piece... And I guess, in a sense, Naruto. Gundam has been one of the series that, like, legitimately you can't ever get away from. Like, Dragon Ball Z disappeared for a while. Yes, it came back with Super and Super S or whatever new stuff. And it has that fighting game, but yeah. Sailor Moon had Crystal and whatnot. Exactly. as much as they still have that legacy tag on them, you can't really say that Gundam is a classic anime because it's still very popular and prevalent to this very day. And it's iterative, right? With The Witch from Mercury literally being the entire franchise's first female main character and hero, such that they made a huge hubbub about it, right? So would they also argued that I forgot like where I read that the franchise has earned a shit ton of money in modern era. So how is it possible that that's the case they they it, they tweak their formula every now and then not one not, not one single gundam series is exactly the same as the one that came before it but if i were to show you a gundam series from the 1990s let's say i upscale it let's say i remade it but almost shot for shot everything exactly the same like wing or double zero or no no even further back like oh, 1990s okay because i would say that double zero is still very much with that modern look right mm. do you think it will earn that much money different times man exactly and i think that is ultimately the case because different times then or maybe the subset of people that are considered hardcore Gundam fans is just ever increasing. Whereas now it can earn so much money or you get that one hit with like Double Zero or Iron Blood Orphans where it just literally, uh, I would even argue that Iron Blood Orphans is a little bit different than your typical Gundam. 
Oh, I mean, it's definitely a very controversial one because it seems just a lot of people just don't like it. I, I love it, but I'm also not like a hardcore Gundam fan, you know? So. I mean, uh, uh, maybe we'll do a deep dive in the Gundam series itself. It's going to be like a hard, hard journey, but they earn a shit ton of money and they've continued to earn a shit ton of money. They tweak their formulas, but it's going to be the same stuff ultimately in terms of the ground that it is based off of. Yeah. So I think that going forward, you know, we're still going to be talking about, you know, the big popular series that exists at the top of this Mount Rushmore of anime and manga. But that that's not necessarily a bad thing. I think that we're always going to be continuing like to see certain studios, certain creators at least try and push the boundary and release stuff that isn't necessarily, you know, a, a shonen action or an isekai. And some will succeed, some will fail. But it's you know not for a lack of trying. Yeah, I, I think that we're we're still very much in in safe hands. I'm still happy with the way that the industry is going. It's just me wanting to ask for more, but I'm completely satisfied with what we have right now. I think we're currently in the growing pains, like teething phase of anime and manga, despite them anime and manga as an industry being so prevalent for so long. It's actually not that long in the grand scheme of things. Yeah, and when a certain subset of people, even though it is quote-unquote hardcore niche, like the Gundam franchise, when it gets a certain size, you don't need a lot of those subset of people to consume a show for it to be viable or maybe uh, a, a certain kind of indie project. I will wait for the day that there is like this kind of quote-unquote indie avant-garde Gundam and I will just be like fucking... We we made it, guys. How is it possible? We fucking made it. A supernatural mystery Gundam. I mean, a rom com Gundam. Okay, like okay. Let let. How is that gonna work? How about a Gundam space station, but it is a murder mystery, and aliens are involved. And it's and and and, and, and like thematically wise it's very victorian-esque yes and it just so happens that one of the engineers on this space station is called isaac clark just don't worry too much about it but it's a silent film but it's a silent film <laughs> hey look like oh and every time someone dies there's like an x yeah just like gum team yeah ben, yeah oh my god kendaichi yeah kendaichi <sighs> okay anyways um sorry we went off track i went off track with that kind of uh example but who the fuck knows what's going to happen? I'm so excited to know what will happen, though. Yeah, stay tuned when that particular series comes out. So, uh, yeah, I think it's time for some show notes. Yeah, I don't know when this will get released, though. So We'll just, I, we'll just slave for some time in the future. So uh, I will not talk about the music credits or we'll, like, slot it in somehow. But uh, you can always reach us through our email, gapallet at gmail.com. G-A-P-A-L-E-T-T-E, all lowercase all one word using the handle at Palagood, capital P and capital G, all one word, or through our GAP Discord. Uh, invite link is in the show description. We have a website, www.goodanimepalette.com, all lowercase, all one word. There will be music credits for this episode, and I will somehow or will will somehow slot it in just because we're almost at the cusp of a different podcast season, so we don't know if it will be this one or the next one, but... Hey, uh, regardless, uh, thank you, Epidemic Sound, for uh, providing our royalty-free music. If you're interested, you can always sign up using our referral link in the show description. Terms and conditions apply. 
I didn't imagine this to go this long, but I'm also kind of glad that we did because there was a lot to unpack in terms of just talking about the anime industry. I, I mean, I, I never actually properly sat down and talked to you about like what is it that we we see and want out of the industry, how we want to at least sort of mold the future of the industry, and given its current state, like how it affects us going about creating content for the GAP. Yeah, I think the creating the content aspect is probably a, a another discussion because we only touched on it slightly. And I think there is merit to really kind of go knee deep, balls deep into the topic. But I think as a general landscape of anime and manga currently as like a time capsule thing or a commentary is something that we act like legit never really as you said, sat down and talk about. And it's always going to be a long one because we covered so many topics that are kind of on not necessarily on the deep dive level, but not on the surface level either. And they're all interconnected. So, yeah, yeah we're, we're not trying to say that we're like super innovative and avant-garde and, you know, always trying to, you know, push buttons within the industry, ask questions that people aren't comfortable asking. But... In, you know, because we're both human. You know, as much as we say, "Oh, we wish there were less shonen action," we also absolutely fucking love Hell's Paradise. So, so stay tuned in twenty thirty nine when the GAP Animation Studio will release the anime adaptation season four of the Good Anime Palette, where it is Will and no, sorry. What is uh like the female name for William and Jason? Wilma. And what about Jason? Jane. Jane. So Jane and Wilma will embark on finding Picasso, the last last painting of Picasso that is not AI drawn. Oh. When AI has completely taken over the world and the last remnants of actual humanity have yet to be have yet to be discovered. Yes, because the code, the Da Vinci Code, is, but, <laughs> <laughs> and it is it is what was it Blue Period, right? Is is, is yeah. So it is the fuck. I don't even fucking know. We we'll, we'll wait until you know twenty thirty nine to actually release that production. Yeah, but stay tuned for that, guys. Right. In the meantime, thank you very much for listening to this. Have a good day ahead, and uh, we will all catch will, up very soon. Will, people are going to fucking listen to this episode. Can you believe that shit? And actually wait for this particular anime production that will come out? No, but like talk for us talking about bullshit, I mean, you can just simply press the stop button, and then we'll just not talk anymore about it. So yeah. Everything is bullshit. Everything is bullshit. Nothing is real. Everything is fake. We're all living in a simulated reality. Wake up from your, what's it, needle gear? Because SAO season 19 is coming out. Yep. Take your blue pill or your red pill, whatever pills you want to take. Just take a pill if you need it. But don't do drugs. Don't do drugs. Bye. Stay in school. Hello, me again. Take two. Yeah, take two, take two. Um, So we checked our schedule, found out that uh, this BP is going to be released during season six of the GAP. So we do have brand new music credits. Jason, would you like to take it away? Uh, Our intro music is Maybe We'll Meet Again by Bagel. And our outro music is Like the Ocean by The Big Letdown. So those are our BP openings and our EDs. 
Yeah, so we're not going to redo the other show notes. We're going to keep it as is. But uh, yes, this is us Gar- officially. Got to give credits yeah. where credit is due, right? Yep. So and now we will officially sign out. So stay in school, though.